Your access to power is in prayer. Your access to power is in prayer. And um, as you um, as you finish out this week of prayer, um, be careful not to dismiss the power line. If you have access to power through prayer, then as long as you continue to exercise your prayer life, the power line gets stronger. Uh, here's, here's what I'm talking about. It's, it's amazing how society has made sure to create outlets for our power cords in case we need to charge our phone. Um, there are outlets that provide access to power now everywhere. Um, growing up, you couldn't find an outlet once you left the house. I mean, there used to be a few here and there. But now wherever you go, like, you can get into your Uber and sometimes in some of the cars, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's access to power. Um, you get on the bus now in New York City, there's access to power. You get on any plane, forget about it. I mean, unless you're in like the Uber super cheap economy seats in the back. But most planes I get on, whether it's economy, business class, first class, there's an outlet for you to get charged. I don't know if y'all are hearing me. I know it's early. You know, let me, give, let me put it to you this way. I find it fascinating how people can run into a space and it doesn't matter to them what they look like or how they even approach it, but they are going to find themselves an outlet if their phone is dying. We're okay asking strangers if you can share an outlet at the airport. I've watched it. I get to travel by the grace of God. But it is interesting how people will say, excuse me, can I, can I sit here? I need to charge my phone. They've, you've got no problems asking a stranger. We'll be a lot quicker to ask people for space to charge our device before bearing witness of Christ and letting them know that God loves you. Actually, very often, that's where we're most comfortable, interrupting the daily lives of strangers. It's when we're asking for space so that I can plug in and have access to power. I think you all know where I'm going. There's this commitment and dedication to make sure that this device that gives me access to everything that the world has to offer is plugged in and charged. And we'll stop everything to make sure that this device that gives me access to everything that the world wants to give me is plugged in and charged so that I can always be able to communicate with my friends and my family and make sure that I don't miss a single text. But yet we'll find ourselves missing out on the text message that Jesus Christ has given us through his word. Why? Because you're too busy doing this, that, and this. And what happens is, is your power line weakens. Because you're running around trying to get access and charged up to a device rather than getting access and charged up in the power of God so that your, full, your soul is always full. 
You've got access everywhere you go when you pray. When you pray and seek the face of God, you are tapping in to this incredible outlet. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that charges you and I to keep going. Or else we wake up each day and we become overwhelmed with life's issues. Plug in. Plug into the power source. Be okay telling people, hold on, pause, time out. I need to stop. I need to plug in. I need an outlet right now. And stop and put your face before the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. Y'all with me? Oh, praise the Lord. I'm just, I've got so much to say. And, and I got to leave. But I'm excited because I know God's going to have me back here. And I'm so excited that you're not going to give up. I'm so excited that you understand your calling. I'm so excited that you are set apart, saved and set free by the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm getting ready to go into Scripture here. But I, just, I felt led just in my spirit just to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up when you find out that things aren't going very well back at home. Don't give up. Don't give up when you find out that someone back at home that you cared about is now dating somebody else. Don't give up. That person wasn't for you anyway. Don't give up. When you feel drained, when you feel out of it, when you feel like you're ready to give up, plug into the power source. Pray and plug into the power source. Pray and plug into the power source. Don't you dare give up. I almost gave up. Man, did I almost give up. I had jumped on a payphone. Yeah, back then, right? I didn't like the conversation that had happened with me and my dad. Because I felt like I just couldn't come out from under the shadow of his ministry and his calling and his anointing and his prophetic word. And I just felt like I couldn't breathe here at Elam. I felt like I was overwhelmed by just the pressure of having to keep up with everyone else around me on my left and right. I didn't understand what it meant to really have access to this incredible power line in the Holy Spirit. I just felt like I was kind of living vicariously through just the the name of my father here and in the relationships that they had with him and I felt like I was being watched every second I felt like I couldn't be me I felt like I had to continue to prove my worth I felt like a failure deep down inside I felt like I didn't I didn't understand the relationship that Jesus desired to have with me I I, I knew religion and I knew church but I didn't know new covenant relationship with King Jesus And I got on the phone one night with my parents, and I told them, I'm done, I'm done, I'm out of here, I'm leaving right now, I'm out. It was, we were in the middle of a blizzard, Dr. A, and there's no way I should have been attempting to try to leave this campus with my 1984 Mercury Topaz, baby blue, wasn't really cute at all, but you know what, it was what God gave me at the time. That engine was just kind of at, really at its end, but I was determined, Libby, to get into my Mercury Topaz and leave this campus and drive off into this blizzard 
blizzard storm, and I did not care what was about to happen. And first, I tried to walk. I tried to walk. I went down to Main Street and started just walking. I, I, I was losing it in my mind. I was about a half mile to three-quarter of a mile down Main Street just walking, and my roommate, Scott Crowder, I heard his voice faintly through the snow and the blizzard. Dave, come back, bro. Jesus has a plan for you. I'm like, no, no, he doesn't. Get out of here with that spiritual talk, bro. Come on. And he's like, come on back. He's like running through the storm. Yes, I'm not making this up. I was bugging out. But that's what happens. You know, I'm, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to lead me here. I'm going to give you something, and maybe if I don't get through it, oh, I'll just say, hey, go look through this. You know, um, but it, can I just say, say this? If you're thinking, oh, man, this place is not for me because I, I, I just feel like I'm all over the place. You are in the right place because it's in spaces like this where all of the ugly stuff comes to the surface so that God can finally deal with it. If you weren't here, you'd continue to cover it all up. You'd continue to, to kind of sweep all of your mess under the rug of your own pride. Because that's what I'd been doing for years. I just kind of, my insecurities, I kind of kept sweeping it under the rug of my own pride. Uh, my, my doubts, uh, under the rug of my own pride. Fear, under the rug of David Ham's pride. But oh my goodness, when I came here to Elam, Elam, their leadership, yanked that rug back. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't, no, don't, no, don't. And it was God's design that I would be fully exposed here on this campus, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you're surrounded by leadership, pastors and teachers and preachers and evangelists and missionaries that have made a commitment and are sacrificing their lives to stand with you. And they're not here to make it comfortable for you. They're here to stretch you. They're here to challenge you. And they're going to yank back the rug. And there's all of your mess exposed. And you're not used to being vulnerable. You're not used to being in this place where suddenly everyone sees your stuff. And I was down the road, and then I came back on campus, and my, my roommate was like, yes, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to get my keys and my coat, and I'm going to get on out of here. I grabbed my keys and my coat, and like a quick bag, jumped into my 1984 Mercury Topaz Baby Blue, was driving through the middle of a blizzard. I didn't care if I crashed. I didn't care if I had a head-on collision. I didn't care if I ended up in a ditch. I didn't want to do anything other than just drive and run away from my problems. I was trying to run from God, but you do know now that there is no way possible for you to outrun God. I believe that the Lord has a way of setting up outlets all around us where there is always this incredible power of God's presence. It's his mercy and grace, and you can't outrun God's grace and mercy. He will reveal it. Let me finish up this story, and then we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and take a look at what Scripture has to say about this beautiful power line to life in prayer. I was, I don't know, somewhere about an hour outside of Warwick, New York, Orange County. It's like I was running, but I kind of still wanted to be close to the girl of my dreams who I am now been married to for it will be 25 years in June 
Praise God. The Lord was gracious and kind enough to allow her to do the year in the sun, and she scooted on out of here. I was still stuck in year number two, fighting with God. And so here I am halfway through, you know, to 390 or whatever, heading closer to Orange County, New York, and I think I was somewhere in Sullivan County or something, and I jumped on another payphone. And again, I was just bugging out, and I got on this phone, and I was like, and Tara picked up, my wife picked up, my girlfriend at the time, and I'm like, hey, we're done. We're over. She's like, what? I was like, I'm losing it. I've lost. I was crying on the phone. I, was, I wasn't making sense. I was like, there's no call of God on my life. There's no sense of his presence right now. I'm losing it. I said, I'm driving to Virginia. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm not going to my house. I don't want to hear nothing from my parents, nothing from family, nothing from nobody else. I continue to ramble on. I go on this, this rant of, of defeat uh, and, and despair for like the next 60 seconds. And I realized after 60 seconds, she hasn't said anything on the phone. And I was like, and I got quiet. And all of a sudden, I heard another voice, David. And it was her mama who had become a mama, a second mom to me. She put, she, my wife, she's funny. She won't, she, she, she has a low tolerance <laughs> for just a whole lot of noise. She knows how to silence the lions. She just said, take, here, talk to David. And I, and I, and she goes, David. And I started crying some more. Ma, I'm telling you, I'm done. I don't want nothing to do with anything anymore. I don't feel God. I don't hear God. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I'm all over the place. And she said, David, you come to my house right now. Okay, Mom. All right, I'm coming right now. I pulled in about an hour later, walked through the door. I ain't even see at the time my girlfriend. She ain't even bothered to come see me. She just, she had went to bed. I had gotten in really late. My mother-in-law held me all night long. And she prayed heaven down. She understood the access that we have to the power line. She wept over me. She cried out on my behalf when I couldn't cry out for myself. There was an overflow of God's presence. She was fully plugged in. She cried out for my soul. I fell asleep on that couch. I woke up to the smell of breakfast, sat down at the table and ate. And as she served me a plate of food, she looked at me and said, now, as soon as you're done eating, you are to go back to Elam and finish what you have started. I jumped back in my car and I came back here and I finished what I started, plugged in to the power source. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots were all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, 
What do we do? A servant of Elisha woke up in the morning, and when he gets up in the morning, all he sees are just chariots and horses and this massive army ready to attack Elisha, the prophet. And Elisha wakes up, takes a look at the situation and the circumstances. Look at verse 16. Are you with me? Everybody say amen. He said, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hey, Elam, you will never have that full revelation of those who are with you being more than those who are with them until you are fully plugged into the power source. You, you, you don't understand the fullness of, of all that God has, the, 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 the mass the mass information of who we are in Christ is found in the Word and revealed through the Holy Spirit. But if you're, if you're running on empty and you wake up in the morning and suddenly you feel overwhelmed, you got to get plugged in so that you would have a kingdom perspective the way Elisha has a kingdom perspective. For Elisha to be able to say, do not be afraid for, there is, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. That's a man who understood the kind of power that we have access to when we're standing in the Word of God and when we pray. When we pray. What, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? What do you do when you wake up in the morning? No, I mean, we, we, we got to keep it real here. Do we scroll through Instagram first? Or do we open up our Word first? Depends on what kind of power you're looking to have starting in the morning. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Listen, I'm about to leave, so I'm going to keep it real. Do you grab your phone and look to see if your girlfriend texts you this morning, first thing in the morning? Or are you looking at the text in the Word of God? Which text is more important to you? Because depending on what text you find as priority will determine what kind of spiritual life you bring into that relationship. Some of you spend more time texting an individual here on earth rather than strengthening the power line, chasing the upward prize, tapping into this incredible direct access that you have to heaven through the word and in prayer. Maybe your text messages might not be as fleshly if you spent more time tapping into the access that you have with God and in the text of God's message and his word. It's not condemnation. I just want you to understand your calling to stay plugged into the power source so that you remain strong in your faith and be able to withstand every crisis and every situation so that you could wake up in the morning and there would be nothing in this world that will overwhelm you. Like this servant who woke up and went, what do we do now? What do you mean, what do we do now? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Do not be afraid. There are more for us. 1 John 4.4. 1 4. John 4.4. 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Wake up in the morning. 
plug in to the power source of King Jesus and know that whatever I face today, I'm good. Then Elisha in verse 17 prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes. Please open his eyes that he may see. Man, this is why I'm telling you, you're in the right place. You're surrounded by teachers, professors, doctors, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, men and women called by God, plugged into the power source. They are praying that your eyes would be open. They're not just giving you homework. They're not just giving you an exam. They're not just telling you you need to be on time for class. You're talking about staff. You're talking about leadership here. They're praying the same prayer as Elisha. Oh, God, open up their eyes to see. Open up his eyes, Elisha prayed. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. This is our prayer. So may the Lord open the eyes of every young man and every young woman here in, in this beautiful sanctuary. And when Elisha prayed, God moved. And he saw, everybody looking at this, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This was that moment I was going to talk to you about Johnny Ramirez, but the Holy Spirit said, nah, stop trying to say something because it can perfectly align to your scriptures and manuscript. When I tell you to say something, say it. So I had to share it. But this is that moment where I'm reminded of that story where, let me tell you something. When God opens your eyes to see who is for you, you will always rest in that perfect peace that we read about in Scripture. You ever read that moment in Scripture where you, the, the Word of the Lord says that he, he desires that he would bring you into perfect peace? And you're like, yo, I don't have no perfect peace. I'm stressing right now. That perfect peace re requires that you remain prayed up, plugged in to the power source. If you're not prayed up, you'll never experience perfect peace. And every time it seems like your peace is dwindling, go back to prayer. It's back to this, the illustration of the phone. Some of you are so stressed out about your phone. If you're down to like just three bars, you got three bars. That's going to keep you for like another three hours. But some of you, you see three bars, and what do you do? You go get plugged in right away. You don't hesitate. You don't hesitate. You will walk out of the cafeteria or walk away from in the middle of a conversation. You will walk away from community in the effort to plug this device in. That's how I am spiritually. Hey, if you read all through the Gospels, you'll see that's how Jesus was all the time. Whether he was pouring out to 12, whether he was pouring out to 5,000 on the mountain, once he realized that he was a bit spiritually drained, what did he do? My man checked out, went up to a mountaintop and plugged into the power source. Hey, guys, it's been fun, but I'm, I got to step away. I got I to go for a walk on the hill. I got to go for a walk in town. I need to plug into the power source. If I've got direct access to King Jesus and his throne of grace, well, then I need to strengthen my power line. Deuces, I'm out. You got to be okay. Not worried about what conversation you're going to miss. Not worried about whether someone else is going to start making eye contact with the girl that you like. 
you need to pull away and get plugged into the power source. Back in my day, back in the day, what was when did I come? 94? I think it was 94, 95, huh? or something like that. But I remember coming on this camp. My, my wife and I, we had already been dating for a whole year at Liberty University. Back in the day at Liberty University, I mean, it was, it, it was hardly really any rules. And if there were rules, we were breaking them. And, uh, but I, I'd been dating my wife for, 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 for a year. And then the Lord impressed upon my heart over the summer, you need to go to Bible school. I was like, no, I'm not going to no school where my dad went to school. And I couldn't shake it. And the Holy Spirit was like, I've got a calling on your life. And this is not about your dad. It's not about your mom. It's about me wanting to be, wanting to do something in you. And I, I called my girlfriend. And I was like, I said, Tara, I said, I'm heading to Bible school. And she goes, wow, the Lord has been speaking to me, but I'm not quite sure. By the end of the summer, she said, I'm going too. Two of us showed up same day here at Elam. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Brother Stacy Klein called us into the office and uh, he gave me that big bear hug. And then he gave Tara that big bear hug. And then he sat us down. And he goes, oh, just so glad that you two are here. And so you two have been together? I was like, yeah, probably. I was like, yeah, yeah, we've been doing, we've been doing this for a year. Like me and me, it's, it's my boo right here. You know what I'm saying? Like that. No, I didn't say it like that. And... Uh, <laughs> said, uh, yeah, we, we've been dating. And he said, oh, that's good. But, you know, now that you are stepping on this campus, um, we're going to need you two to separate for a season because as a first-year student, no dating. I was like, <coughs> 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 a word? <laughs> wow. For real? Nah. Nah. Oh, then, then now suddenly I want to pull out my Gary Ham card, right? Oh, no, 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 you, you know, you know my dad, right? You know, like Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Gary Ham, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a ham, you know what I'm saying? A few, a few exceptions, right? We, we good for, you know, just come on, come on, a little, a little partiality don't hurt in nobody, come on. <laughs> I mean, I even tried to, like, overstep and like even went to brother Paul like well I, I just found out like like Tara and I like like he, like I'm your spiritual son she's your spiritual daughter like you know like and David 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 you've been connected to this young lady very close very close very close you've been connected but it's it's time for you to plug in and connect to the power source of King Jesus. It's time for you to understand who you are as an individual in Christ. And she needs to understand who she is as an individual in Christ. Time for just a little bit of a separation. I, I, I walked out of that office. I walked out of that office angry, full of pride, frustrated, anxious. This is exactly what happened when Tara and I stepped out. She looked at me. She goes, Bye. See you later. <laughs> she left me standing right there in the middle on top of the hill. It's like, wait, what? And here's what was going through my mind. Wait, wait, what? what you, you, ain't give, you, you ain't giving me no, no hug? You ain't going you, you to feel these biceps on you one more time? Y'all brothers know how you do. You try to flex that bicep just, just a little bit extra when you're going for the hug. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was stressed for like the next two, three months. 
I was stressed. Lisa, she was all in, heart and soul. Like, wait, what? Wait, I can't, wait this is going to be a time where I'm going to grow in my faith and get plugged in directly, just access to God where I can understand and download all that he has for me so that I'm never just dependent on another individual to receive a revelation. She was like, bye, awesome. Bro, she didn't even sit with me in the cafeteria. I came in, I was shaking with my tray. I really started shaking when I saw her chuckling with another dude halfway across the room. I about threw the tray at this homie. I was like, you ain't going to have her, bro. She was making all these new friendships and all these new relationships. She's just giggling all the time. I'm like shaking, like stuck rather than standing. She was standing. I was stuck. Allowing pride to interrupt the opportunity to get plugged into the power source. And what was happening was I was waking up every morning and all I could see were the chariots and the horses of depression and loneliness and stress and fear. And my future's falling apart because my girl's chuckling in the corner with a bunch of guys and girls over there. And which one of them is trying to take her? And I'm so glad that there were men and women here, professors, teachers, leaders, Brother Stacy Klein, Brother Paul, and so many others who were praying that the Lord would open my eyes to see that I would finally come to the end of myself. You see, when the power line is strong, you come to this beautiful realization that it, is, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with King Jesus who gets all the glory in your life. And if there's this bit of you that still needs a little bit of the glory, then I would encourage you, slow down on the relationships so that your relationship that you're in doesn't become sort of your badge of honor. Because if Christ is not getting all the glory in your life, then what happens is, is the girl that you're dating or the boy that you're dating sort of becomes your trophy. Hey, look at scripture here in this moment. When the Syrians came down against them in verse 18, Elisha, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. When you pray in faith, yielded to the Holy Spirit, the power line that you are connected to brings you in alignment with the supernatural and miraculous working power of God. And when the Syrians came down against them, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike this people with blindness. The only time that God strikes people with blindness is when the enemy comes against the people of God. The Lord will always make a way for you as you stay plugged in to fulfill your call and your mission. We serve a God who opens blind eyes. 
but those that he blinds will be only those that interrupt the call of God on your life. We serve a God who's very consistent. I love how we read in this passage of Scripture in verse 18 how Elisha prayed and suddenly the Lord blinded them. And it happened again in Luke chapter 4, actually, when Jesus makes reference to Elisha. I love how the word of the Lord comes alive and there's this beautiful supernatural dynamic alignment from Old Testament to New Testament that reminds us always that all of Scripture is a fulfillment of King Jesus as Savior, as our God. Because as Elisha prays, blind them, suddenly we jump to Luke chapter 4 where there Jesus is expressing something. He goes, and there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Jesus references Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. And he's trying to make a point here. And in verse 28, all the people in the synagogue, not people on the streets, but people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built. You do know that Jesus allowed a little bit of this to linger, right? In order to throw him off the cliff. But in Luke 4.30, he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Well, how did he do that? Once again, a little bit of some blinding going on. So that he could stay the course and complete the mission So that he would get to the cross, die, rise up, and the same spirit that resurrected Christ Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that you and I now have access to. Verse 19, and Elisha said to them, this is not the way. Now he's talking to an entire army who are all blind. This is not the city. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. You see, prayer changes your position. A position that protects the purposes of God in your life and creates change. Listen, prayer activates the power of God's authority and his spirit to work in you. It's the power and spirit of the master creator moving through you. Anointing. The anointing has been given to you as long as you continue to access the power so that you can stand in a position and posture that changes the atmosphere, that changes the narrative, and changes lives. It's a position of authority, a position of influence, a position of victory. You've got to plug in. You've got to plug in, believe for it. And receive it in faith. As soon as they entered Samaria in verse 20, Elisha said, look at this. You with me in verse 20? Everyone say amen. O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, everybody look at this. He said to Elisha, my father. Can we kill them right now? Shall I strike them down? Elisha answered, you shall not strike them down. Mm. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? He's like challenging them to think about how you are supposed to react when you've been under attack. 
set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. You don't respond like this in the face of your enemies if you're not plugged into the power source of God. Look up at me. I'm almost done. And then I'm going to catch a plane, get on home, hug my wife and flex my biceps. <laughs> They're not as strong and big as they used to be, but it's okay. She loves me just the way I am. <laughs> Elisha's been praying through this whole situation. He prayed that the servant would open up his eyes to see. He prayed that the enemy that was coming down upon him would be suddenly blinded. And now he's got the upper hand. See, prayer gives you the upper hand. Prayer puts you in a position where now suddenly you're able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and speak with authority. That was my story that I had for you today with Godfather. But once again, the Holy Spirit was like, eh, I need you to say it now. Remember, he's got a whole army now that's all blind. They're all blind. They can't see anything. Elisha's like, yeah, come on, come on. He brings them all the way into Samaria. Now they're surrounded. They're surrounded by the people of God suddenly. And then he prays again. You see, Elisha never operated in his own strength. As gifted as he was, as called as he was, as anointed as he was, prayer was always first steps. It was always first steps. Always first steps. This is why he prayed again, Lord, would you open their eyes now that we're here in Samaria? It wasn't a snap of the fingers and, hey, yeah, yeah boy, I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll. Let's do this. No, it was like, Lord, always your will be done. You've given me this authority. You've given me this power. I don't want to exercise this power out of your will. So, Lord, would you now open their eyes to see? All of a sudden, their eyes to see. I believe in that moment, they are freaking out a little bit. And then the king, uh, the king was like, like, wow, Elisha, this is amazing. We got the upper hand right now. Let's slay them all. Let's wipe them all out. And then Elisha was like, eh, no, I don't really think that's what we're supposed to do right now. You know, so when you're plugged into the power source and you have access to God's spirit, you begin to move in alignment with a God who is gracious and merciful and kind and forgiving. We serve a God who is the God of reconciliation. But listen, I could go on and on about this, but I want you to make sure you just got this incredible picture. Now the army's standing there like, well, what's about to happen? It's like, there's like a standoff moment. And Elisha says this. Elisha goes, matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. Everybody start cooking for this army. Could you imagine the kind of food that they had to cook up? No, I begin to like really think about this. Like, wow, that's a bit extra. I mean, remember they were coming at me. Was, why in the world should I go into my kitchen and start cooking for people who are going to try to kill me? Because the Lord prepared the table in the presence of our... Hmm? You go back and read Psalm 23. Elisha goes, this is, this is on the menu. You Ready? This is on the menu for today. It's not complicated. Bread and water. 
What? Bread and water. Bread and water. You can only have this revelation unless you're plugged into the power source. Elisha goes, we're going to give them bread and water, and we're going to see them on their way. Bread and water. Bread, which represents the bread of life. Bread, which represents the body of our Christ, Savior, King Jesus, who went to the cross and died for us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is a part of who you are called to be and to do and to express through the finished work of the cross. We have been called to give others outside of this campus bread and water. Give them bread, the bread of life, the life giver, King Jesus. Give them bread. Who? The ones who rejected me, the ones who offended me, the ones who have not had my back while I've been here at Elam, the person who I've been trying to call and they don't even pick up or even respond. Give them bread. Send them a text that comes out of the text message that you've been reading. There is bread at the king's table. For every sinner, for every broken individual, for every wounded soul, for every lost soul, for every blind individual that you know, there is bread at the king's table. Give them bread and give them water. The bread represents King Jesus, the finished work of the cross, who died for us, laid down his life so that we might be forgiven of our sins. Thus, we now step out and forgive those who have hurt us. And that's hard, I know. But that is the word. That is what the Holy Spirit desires to work in us, a heart of forgiveness. As we see our sin on the cross, may we forgive those who have wounded us. Bread, water. The water represents living water. Living water is the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. I believe that what God desires to work in you as a witness of this great gospel is bread and water. You step out of this campus. Ah, what'd you learn? You like it? Huh? You good? Now what are you going to do now that you're coming out of Elam? Remember my words today. You've got bread and water. Bread and water. You know what bread and water is in short? Salvation and power. Please don't forget this. Because some of you will finish up at Elam. Some of you will even finish up this semester and you'll step, into, you'll, you'll step back into your community and you'll be like, wow, have I been wasting my time? Like what next? What's it? You've got bread and water. You've got salvation and power. The bread represents salvation. The water represents the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Bread and water. I'm almost done. Was that my second almost done? I, got a, I think I got a third one left. Okay, good. Bread and water. Salvation and power. Remember, remember, remember in Acts chapter 1 where, where, where Jesus is getting ready to ascend and go back to his father? And remember that little conversation in Acts chapter 1 that the disciples have? They've spent three years, three years in Bible school. With King Jesus. I mean, they, they, they actually had the text with them. 
There's an incredible three years in Bible school. And, and there's there, the 11 of them are standing. And remember they, they, said, they said to him, after three years of Bible school, they went, all right, will you now at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? What they were really asking was, will you now at this time put us in a good position where we can kind of have a, like a career and have status and, and have a little sense of like, like responsibility and, and power? Will you at this time crush the Romans? You know, they've, they've been oppressing us. Come on, we want, we want to see some more supernatural stuff. And then Jesus says to them, it's the same thing he would say to you, Elam. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that my father has fixed according to his authority. It's not for you to know the times. And basically what Jesus was saying, actually, I'm so sorry, but it's really none of your business as to, as to when Jesus, when I'm coming back and when God's going to kind of put things, it's really none of your business. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem and to all the ends of the earth. Oh, glory to God. Some of you are like, man, it just doesn't feel all mapped out. You've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Power. That's all you need. Bread and water. Salvation and power. And for you to continue to be reminded and reassured how precious those two things are, you have to Stay plugged in to the power source. Would you stand up with me? And before we pray, I, listen, I hope that every time you go to plug your phone in now, Every time, every time you go to, you, every time you look at your battery, you look at your phone, you see how many bars you have, ask yourself, how many spiritual bars do I have right now? Every time you go to, every time, every, every time you go to plug in now, ask yourself, have I actually plugged into the power source today? So Lord, thank you. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. We were once enemies of God. And you gave of yourself bread and water. You gave of yourself so that we could be gathered here today in your presence. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see the bread and the water. Open our eyes to see once again your life laid down for us. Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, nailed to an old rugged cross. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for the water. Thank you for living water that flows in us, that fills our soul to overflow so that we might bear witness of your great name. Jesus, God, may we not neglect to plug in each and every day. You've given us a direct line 
direct access to the power source. God, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. You reveal to us outlets and moments where we're supposed to kind of just lean in and stop what we're doing and, and, and cry out to you. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you so much for your word that always brings revelation. Lord, I pray those things that continue to come against my brothers and sisters, Lord, put blinders on those things. Clear the path so that this generation continues to move forward in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit with bread and water. Oh, God. Bread and water. And we will give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.